Grit when you're discouraged. That's the title of Dr. Mike's message today from Compass on South Main and Salinas, and also our newest location in Marina. It's the beginning of a new series entitled Grit. Everyone needs grit sooner or later. You see it in sports. The people who make the Hall of Fame always had grit. And it's the same in a marriage, or as a parent with a difficult child, or in your business. Grit is when you make up your mind that quitting is not an option. Making up your mind about that makes all the difference in your future. So where do you need grit? Here's Dr. Mike to help you build it into your life. I tell you, I admire him so much. Barry Zito, to me, epitomizes grit, which is this new series that I'm beginning. Uh, he's a Cy Young winner, but he was benched for the World Series, and that's just got to be about the most discouraging thing that had happened to a guy. But he had grit so that he was undiscourageable and made the comeback that we all know about. Most people would have given up, especially when fans are treating you the way he was treated. But he kept working on his mechanics. Even when he went to, down to AAA ball, he didn't give up. And eventually, he rebounds in that great way and wins the first game of the World Series for the Giants. Grit, perseverance, not giving up when others give up. So many good things that would have happened don't happen because someone gives up too soon. Terry Bradshaw is in the Hall of Fame because he has grit. I don't know if you know this, but he was a sub in high school. Then when he goes to college, he's a sub again until his senior year. Then when he's drafted by the Steelers, he's put on a bench again but eventually he gets his opportunity and he shines. He wins four Super Bowl rings and he only won those rings because he had grit. More important than talent, our IQ, our education is grit. Because if you don't have grit, there's gonna come a point when you quit and give up no matter what you have in terms of education and talent. The Stanford Alumni Magazine not long ago had an article about researchers in its Department of Psychology who's done a lot of research on grit. Why do some people have it and some others don't have it? That's what they were asking. And they actually did a study of Chicago Cub fans. I'm not making this up. Chicago hasn't won the World Series since 1908. A rabbi has described the Cubs as the Jewish team of baseball because they spent so many years suffering. 108 years of suffering. But do you know that the Cubs through all of these losing years, all these discouraging things, have the second highest attendance in all of baseball. Go figure. They pay some of the highest prices for tickets despite all of these losing games because they've got grit and they might actually win this year by hanging on. And then um, Stanford also studied 49er fans and with all these discouraging losses, 
And yet 49er fans keep paying big bucks for tickets and filling the stadium. Why, they ask. No one knows. <laughs> I interviewed Dave Jarecki here last year and he said this, baseball players are the most suspicious group in sports. He said, and I quote, most pitchers will not step on the foul line going off or going on the field. Did you know that? I asked Barry last night, is that true? Yeah, he said, that's true. He never stepped on the foul line just to be sure it didn't give him bad luck. Uh, Dravecki writes about how both Joe DiMaggio and Willie Mays, two of the greatest, always touched second base going out to center field and then when the inning was over, coming back to the dugout, always touched second base every game because it was bad luck not to. Why do players do these things? to stop discouraging things from happening to them. That's some sort of control to keep bad things from happening, like an error or a strikeout or a hitter hitting a home run. But none of that controls anything. That's why I say life is what happens when you had other plans. You've already experienced that, haven't you? Life is what happens to you when you had other plans. And that's why you need grit. And I just wonder this morning, honest to God, what's discouraging to you? Maybe where are you about to give up? Maybe you're a contractor and a customer won't pay. Or maybe it's your marriage and it's not what you hoped it would be and you're just right on the edge. Or maybe it's your health. You know, for you to get up in the morning takes grit. Everybody needs grit. With whom or what do you need grit right now to hang in there? More importantly, how do you get grit instead of giving up too soon before good things happen? Well, first you've got to make up your mind that quitting is not an option. You've got to make up your mind. I interviewed a SEAL a couple of years ago. You know, the training for SEALs is the most rugged in all of the military. And they really want you to quit because it's mental toughness they're looking for. And they invite you to quit and go up to the warm truck that's up there with the warm food. And you're in all this cold water in the ocean, all these things happening to you. And this seal said to me, he said, if you begin to think, maybe I'll quit, you'll end up quitting. That's the first step to quitting. If you even let that thought into your mind, you will end up quitting. You've got to decide it's not an option. It's the same thing with uh, this story about Cortez. I love this story when he uh, landed on the Pacific side of, the, of uh, Mexico and he was exploring. He scuttled the 11 ships that had brought them there. He uh, ran them aground, stripped them of sails, their cannon, the timber in order to build a fort and shelter for his soldiers. And in his diary, he records this, we're all in. There's no turning back. You got to make up your mind first that you're not going to quit. It's a decision. 
I read this last week that research shows that 48% of all salesmen make only one call on a customer. And if the answer is no, they don't call again. 24% make two calls and then stop. 15% make three calls and then stop. Only 12% go back again and again and again and don't give up. And guess who makes 80% of all sales? The last group. The one with grit. It's like Yogi Berra, the great Yankee catcher said, it ain't over till it's over. That's just such an important decision to make. Grit is believing God when he says in the end everything's going to turn out good. So if it's not good yet, it means you're not at the end. Secondly, how do you develop grit? You decide to become deaf to all the negativity around you. There's so many negative people. You've got to go deaf when you're around them. Eleanor Roosevelt it's kind to say she was physically unattractive. Her mother actually called her ugly to her uh, friends. Her husband cheated on her. She was painfully shy. You talk about blows against self-esteem. But she became a warrior for good causes. And she became one of the most powerful spokespeople for these causes despite opposition in Washington. She said this, no one can discourage you without your cooperation. Boy, I live that. You know, that's good news. But the bad news there is, if you're discouraged, you did it to yourself. You've got to take responsibility. I'm discouraged because I've let myself become discouraged. I read about a 92-year-old man who wasn't feeling so good, so he went to his doc, and his doc gave him some advice. And about two weeks later, he saw this 92-year-old old guy at a restaurant sitting with a hot 30-year-old chick. <laughs> and he walked up to this guy and he said, boy, you must be feeling a lot better than when I saw you two weeks ago. He says, I am, Doc. I took your advice and I went out and got myself a hot mama. <laughs> the doc said, I didn't tell you to go out and get a hot mama. I said, you have a hot heart murmur and you're going to die soon. <laughs> I tell you that story with some fear because I am sure there are some of you who are going to go out into the community and say, Pastor Mike says, get a hot mama if you're not feeling too good. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying go deaf around negative people. Don't allow their negativity inside of you. And that's what Barry did. He was surrounded by negativity. He went deaf. Honestly, with whom? Really, with whom do you need to start being deaf? Surely you've got negativity around you. One of my favorite sentences in the Bible is Mark chapter 5. And the situation is a father has a very sick child who's on the verge of death. And he comes to Jesus to heal his child. And the people are standing around and said, no, you can't heal this child. This child is as good as dead. It's impossible to bring healing. And the sentence in Mark 5 is, Jesus ignored what they said. 
You got to be able to do that. And he healed the child they said could not be healed. He refused to let negative people discourage him. Barry did the same thing when he fell into a slump and the flans were yelling these obscenities. He went deaf and that's part of the reason why he made a comeback. When you're surrounded by critics, and I'm sure many of you are, you may be married to a critic who's trying to reform you. You gotta remember this, unhappy people can't stand anyone else being happy. And that's why they're so negative. They can't stand other people being happy. I think one of the greatest stories in sports is about Mike Ditka when he was coaching the Chicago Bears in their glory years and they were in the playoffs and he had the team all assembled. He said that he, before, after he gave a pep top, he was going to have uh, the refrigerator, uh, Perry, who weighed 382 pounds or 62 pounds, he was going to, said, I want you to say the Lord's Prayer after I finish this talk. And uh, McMahon, their brash quarterback, looked at the sweat pouring down the refrigerator's face and he turned to John Cassis and said, I'll bet you 50 bucks he doesn't know the Lord's Prayer. And Cassis said, everybody knows the Lord's Prayer, I'll take the bet. So Dick had made his talk and then he turned to Perry and said, well, pray the Lord's Prayer and everybody bow your heads and everybody did. And about two minutes passed of silence. And then Perry said, now I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And McMahon turned to Cassius and said, I can't believe he knew the Lord's Prayer. He's with 50 bucks. That's a true story in sports. And I tell you that story because there's so much confusion about what Christianity is. So many people are mixed up about it. People think that Christianity is some kind of rituals, it's negativity. And that's why I asked Barry, did it ruin your life? We have this idea that Christians have to be drab and self-righteous and hypocritical, and some are, but not all are. It's a sad thing, but some are. I grew up in an unbelieving family. We never one time went to church, not even at Christmas or Easter. I had never been in a church until I went to college. And at Stanford, uh, you know, I met some people who were bright and also fun, and they shattered my prejudices against Christianity. Because I was one of those, say, I don't need it, I'm doing just fine. With my willpower, my dad, he taught me growing up, he was a self-made man, and my, my dad taught me, if you have strong enough will, you can do anything. Nothing's impossible for you. And I believe that. And you know, that works on exterior successes. I mean, you can make a business on that, you can get different successes on the outside, but I found it doesn't work on the inside. I thought I was God, just like Barry did. And then I got married and I was demoted. <laughs> Some of you know what I mean. You know, I went into this marriage with this willpower, self-made person, I think. 
And you know what I found out was, I would see Susie sometimes with her eyes puffy and I knew she'd been crying and I knew it was because of me. And you know what I did? I blamed her. It's her fault. She's too sensitive, all the rest. I'm not, I have no problems. And eventually, after a few years of seeing puffy eyes of the woman I loved, I realized I'm impatient, I have an ego, I never admit I've done anything wrong, I've always got to be right, and the list was long. And I tried my best to change, and I couldn't. Willpower was working on the outside, but it was not winning the battle on the inside. And that's when I knew I needed this power Barry talks about from Jesus Christ, where Paul said, I can do all things through him, not through me. And I bet a whole lot of you, if you are really honest, you're losing the battle on the inside. And you're blaming and making excuses and what you need is this Jesus Christ. He doesn't ruin life, he saves life. I used to love Chevy Chase on Saturday Night Live when he'd start the show, remember? He'd always start the show by saying, I'm Chevy Chase and you are not. <laughs> I thought I was God and I got demoted. C.S. Lewis said, sin is like bad breath. Everyone knows you've got a problem, but you. And that's so true. You know, I had addictions I couldn't conquer. Not alcohol, not drugs, but attitudes and behaviors were addictions in my life. And you've got them too. And I know they're addictions for you because you can't stop. You can't stop being impatient. You can't stop your tongue. You're addicted. And you need the only one who can break it. I know that some of you have had a bad experience with a pastor or a church who's heaped guilt upon you and you've been in a church where everybody was self-righteous and thought they were better than you and they made you feel like a zero. Bad experiences. And I'm sorry about that. I didn't come from that kind of background. I was spared that because I never went to church. But you know what I have to say to you is, so what? Get over it and move on. Just get over it. You know, kind of having that opinion, making that decision, is like a guy who's had a bad experience with a woman who damaged him and mistreated him, and he just decides, all women are the same, I'm not going to have anything to do with women anymore. Ooh, you're missing out on a lot of things. <laughs> Am I right, women? <laughs> What kind of decision is that? All women are the same. You have just deprived yourself. And it's the same thing to say all churches are the same and all Christians. That's baloney. AA has a profound maxim. It says, insanity is doing the same things, expecting better results. That's insane.
You've been listening to Dr. Mike from Compass and Salinas, and the title of his message is Grit When You're Discouraged. We hope you check out our website and see the huge library of past messages from Dr. Mike. If you're facing challenges, losses, or worries, you'll find a message from Dr. Mike that'll help you be victorious. The battle is always in our mind. It's so important to be filled with biblical insights like those in Dr. Mike's messages. We also want to invite you to one of our five worship services at any of our three locations in Salinas and Marina. Dr. Mike is in a new series on the book of Daniel that's deeply biblical and inspiring. So we hope you come. God bless you and thanks for listening.